and welcome to episode 49 of The Worst Critics, where we talk to you about the latest and sometimes not so greatest in movies, music, television, and more. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Peanut. And we'll get straight to the news. Not a lot of news this week at all whatsoever. I had to scrape the bottom of the barrel for some of this news. Some casting news. Hulu's Hellraiser reboot has confirmed its casting of Jamie Clayton as Pinhead. We talked about this reboot. Jesus, maybe five months ago now uh, that rumors were the antagonist Pinhead was going to be gender flipped. So now that's confirmed. Uh, going to be a woman Pinhead or a, I don't know if Pinhead actually has a gender or anything like that. So, I mean, I guess it's not it's not with it, you know, outside of the realm of possibility in the movie universe, but whatever. Moving on to some new TV movie announcements. Netflix will distribute Operation Mincemeat in North America. It is a new British World War II movie starring Colin Firth, Kelly MacDonald, and Jason Isaacs. It's about some old World War II operation where they floated somebody down a river and that tricked the Nazis into thinking something. I I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't... I don't think we were taught British operations uh, in school, so... I guess that was the thing. There's a book apparently based around that story, and this is going to be based on said book. Andy Serkis is to adapt Animal Farm into a mocap-based movie for Netflix. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like, sure, Andy Serkis doing mocap. That's not surprising at all. Animal mo-cap. Farm. For those uh, unaware, motion capture. Ah, thank you. Yes. Uh, Animal Farm, I... Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I, I I guess it's a it's a better time to do it now than any. You know, what has he directed before? He did uh, Venom two, just now. You know, the one that came out uh, last week, and then he did mm-hmm. the Mowgli thing, which is the Dark Jungle book that Netflix picked up. But it's not done yet, right? What? Mowgli. Mowgli came out in twenty seventeen, I what? believe. Yeah. Uh, even though it was announced before Disney's Jungle Book, Disney's production was way faster and they got it out before Mowgli came out. So the hype was kind of dead on arrival and Netflix bought it for, I'm assuming, on the cheap. And the rest is history. Andy Serkis is a director now. Uh, and he played Baloo. Yes, he did. I think, yeah. And I, I mean, I think some other characters, some minor characters, but yeah. Uh, Holy fuck, there's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's got a cast, yeah. If, Christian if, Bale? Yeah, he played Bagheera. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch? Yep, yep. Cate Blanchett? Uh-huh. What in the world? Yeah, man, uh, if Disney hadn't put out theirs literally right before Mowgli came out, I think Mowgli would have been a big success. It wasn't a great movie by any means, but I think it sort of kind of captured the same spirit. I mean, it's it's not going to be, I want to be like you single you know singing songwriting or anything like that but it's all right i mean it's not the worst movie in the world uh moving on the last voyage of demeter goes into post-production it has been in development hell since 2002 this new movie will star liam cunningham and is about the ship that brings dracula to the shores of whitby which is i guess the place Outside of Transylvania, you know, he goes into thing, becomes Dracula. Yeah, I just want to talk to the, talk about this because... Whitby's 20- a town in England. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, 
Oh, fucking, I don't know Dracula lore, okay? I'm not an expert. I'll, I'll, I'll say that up front. I'm not a Dracula lore expert. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk about this because 20 damn years is a long time to be in production hell. And, well, it actually coming out these days is kind of cool. Uh, you don't see that a ton, I guess. It's usually, you know, uh, reboots or whatever. They get rebooted again and again. But, you know, uh, I guess as long as it's coming out and it sounds like an okay story, Dracula on a boat. Whatever, I'm into it. Moving on to some reboots and sequels. ABC has ordered a pilot. Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Dracula, published in 1897 by Bram Stoker. Yes. Uh, he basically, blah, 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 blah. Um, he describes Dracula moving to basically plague Whitby in England, and then apparently the dude Stoker found the name Dracula in Whitby's public library while he was on holiday there. So Whitby's just a place he happened to be once, and then Dracula was tied to the town. Sure, sure. Sounds like a really cool way to get tourists to come by. You know, home of Dracula, pretty much, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, back to the news. ABC has ordered a pilot for an L.A. Law sequel starring Blair Underwood's character. Uh, I don't have any affinity for L.A. Law. I just remember it being on TV all the time and commercials for the reruns or, you know, what's uh, the syndication, all that. Uh, it was, I think, a late 80s, early 90s show. Uh, Blair Underwood was a side character, but now he's going to be the main character. Disney Plus is developing a dark comedy series based on Agatha Harkness, who you might remember as the antagonist to WandaVision. Uh, I I guess, what what you know, whatever. Uh, Catherine Hahn's great. I, I'm not sure if I'm really interested in a whole show about her character, but, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I told you we don't have a lot of news this week, so we're reporting on everything, okay? Moving on, FX's Better Things, which is a comedy show starring Pamela Adlin, is to end with season five. I I feel like this has been on the air for way longer, so maybe it's like COVID delayed a season or so, but I feel as though I've been seeing previews for the show for way longer than five years. Um, yeah, going to be ending after five seasons. Not necessarily cancellation, but sort of, sort of the same. Netflix's Lost in Space reboot is to end this December with season three. Uh, it's a really, it's a really neat way to build up hype. You just release the trailer and then you say, "Oh, it's ending." You know, like, "Oh, this is the last one you're getting." Sorry, guys. Gotcha. To, yeah, honestly, uh, I know for a fact this show has been airing since at least 2016. So its production, I guess, has been plagued by delays and probably, of course, COVID. Don't say it really. Uh, moving on, Apple TV has canceled Mr. Corman after one whole season. This show premiered not too long ago, uh, not 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 long ago at all. Uh, it started. You want to be three for three for getting the years wrong? You want to try to shoot? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, wasn't it just this year? Wasn't it just this year? I think Survey Mr. says Corman was this year. That was this year. Okay, came out in August. Okay. Uh, it's a Joseph Gordon-Levitt show, and he played a teacher, I think, after the one little snippet I saw. I think he plays a teacher, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. This well, was part of that yeah. whole A24 thing. Oh, really? That show. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Lost in Space 2018 TV series came out in, uh, I'll let you guess, 2018. 2018? Are you serious? Very serious. And then the Better Things TV show did come out, in fact, in September of 2016. Oh, okay. Well, that one one I'm okay with, but I feel like I watched Lost in Space season one so long ago. Well, 2020 was basically like two or three years, so right, that just, could be where you're adding the time. I guess I just condensed a couple years into one. Uh, damn, I really, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, moving on to our last piece of news. Uh, it's not even really news, actually. I was just looking through news sites and TV sites, all that reporting, you know, you know, just those sites, and... All these movie sites keep saying that Disney is rebooting Planet of the Apes. And I thought, okay, well, that's really stupid because the established new reboot of Planet of the Apes is pretty good. Uh, But if you dig a little deeper, their reboot is going to have the same two producers on the rebooted series. And it's going to continue the timeline of the reboot Fox series. So I don't understand how we're using the word reboot for a movie that's literally going to be a sequel with the same production company. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know why we're calling it a reboot, but yeah, Disney confirmed it a few months ago. Yada, yada, not important. John, you want to take it away with the album releases this week? Dude, I so want to take it away with the albums. There you go. So, uh, starting off, as always, we've got a very fun and exciting Alchemist project. Um... Just classic stuff, really. Um, every week. Every week, really. Every week. Um, the other thing we have is the James Blake album, uh, Friends That Break Your Heart, finally coming out. Um, there's also a Don Tolliver? 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 I'm just going to say Tolliver. Until someone corrects me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Project Life of a Dawn. Um and really, besides that, it's a pretty shitty week musically. Um, I just am intrigued by the band name, so I'm going to say it again, but we talked about it a little pre-show. The World is a Beautiful Place and I'm No Longer Afraid to Die. Uh, American indie rock band from Connecticut. Shout out to them for just being too cool. I can't um, even do like a joke acronym. That's too many words. T-W-I-A-B-P-I-A-N-L-A-T-D. Yeah, Yeah. Best band ever. Yeah, you're not a big Twibab Am Lemonade. No, fan? you know, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just not really aware of them. You know, I'll listen to yeah. them, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll check it out. It's yeah. uh, illusory walls, so they're cool. edgy. Uh, and that's pretty much all that's the albums, all we got? honestly. Okay. Yeah, that's all that's worthwhile mentioning. All and right. Sorry um, if your favorite artist was unmentioned, but they should go fuck themselves. Okay, what'd you do this week? Watch anything good? Did you finish The Bachelor? Uh, so, The Bachelor isn't even on. Okay, the Bachelorette Bachelor finished a bit ago, and The Bachelor in Paradise. There we go. Uh, I don't even know if it was its season finale, but um, I think that's this coming week. I, I'm actually not sure, but if that was the season finale, that was pretty lame, but maybe we didn't finish it because it was like a three-hour thing. Oh. So I think I watched like an hour and a half or two hours of it, but then I fell asleep. God. So great news there, uh, and Sex Ed's still going well. We're almost caught up now. So how many seasons we'll is be that so- again? The third season just came out this year, so gotcha. Not very many episodes, but 
when you're just watching a couple at a time, and they're like they're pretty long. They're like fifty five minute episodes. Like they're almost right on an hour. Or so okay, that all. But that's unfortunately it. Yeah, not I didn't do shit. Well, I obviously watched a movie and listened to a whole album this week, but. This is going to be That's a short it. episode because all I have to talk about really is the new Marvel's What If series. Mm, uh, you finish it? No, I don't. Fin- I'm almost finished. Uh, it's wow. It's it's neato, I guess. Um, it does some things that I enjoy, but I don't know, man. I don't like the art style. And CG art style is, of course, very hard to pull off anyways, but it's got a... I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like the animation and the animation direction is actually pretty tight and really good. But just, I don't know. I just don't like looking at it when it stays still. I don't like looking at it. And that's a I don't know. That's a pretty big piece of animated shows is when it stands still for a second. So you can actually see it. Uh, I don't know. It does some cool things. I like I like the idea of the what if universe and timelines and all that. And I'd be curious to see if they even bring over some ideas to a a live action format or, you know, expand upon some ideas in a Disney plus show or, you know, what have you. Uh, No, that's all I got really. I don't listen to any new music. Real quick. I I did forget a couple of artists that weren't listed. I remember in the free show, I was like, Oh, I thought there was something. Um, I saw like an XXL article or something that was like new rap music that's coming out. So Currency has a new album coming out October 8th. Why does Wikipedia um, not tell us when Currency's albums come out, huh? Oh, it gets better. Tech 9, dude. I mean, and it's called, it's called Asinine. Cool. Come on. Is it with come the 9? Is it spelled with the 9? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Man, he's so clever. Yeah. Uh, and then Atmosphere. And also cool because it's called Word? Nice. And you know how relevant atmosphere is. So. All the time. Everyone always talks about atmosphere. Every every day I hear it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday, it. dude. Uh I I mean, what's currency's album called? Uh why didn't you currency? ask that when I just, I just had, had it pulled up? <laughs> I just closed it. Uh uh get a what's the what's it called? An intern? Can we get an intern on that? Yeah, get the uh, intern on that. Still stoned ocean. Okay, sure. Yeah, well, well, mystery. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Maybe he had a project called Stoned Ocean, so it's like still Stoned Ocean. You know what I'm saying? Like waiting and still waiting the sequel. It's exactly like that. Currency is just mirroring the waiting franchise. Uh, so he's got the Marina. I guess that's close. I don't. I don't think mm. so. Though. Oh no, stoned on ocean. Boom. Boom. So he's still doing that, you know what I'm saying? Still stoned ocean. It's like did they forget the on? Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe there should be a dot 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 or something and Also there's just like a fully naked woman on this cover of Stoned on Ocean. Wow. And that's kinda cool. Classic. Very, very hip with the marketing, you know, tasteful, you know. Tasteful, uh, dude. All right, you wanna get to the reviews? Do I ever, bro? Okay, I mean, then. Uh, I'll take that as a yes. A, a wholehearted yes. A wholehearted, yeah. So, Meek Mill, uh, Expensive Pain. Uh, I don't know if there's something in particular that you want to start on, but we never comment about the album art, which I always want to. Do it now. This album art has got just 
probably the greatest cartoon nudity we've seen on an album um, ever. Because I think it's the only time I've seen cartoon nudity on an album. No, we literally <laughs> just, uh, Sufjan Stevens literally just No, because had... it wasn't cartoon. That was just a picture. I mean, you're defining cartoon in a really weird way right now, but okay. <laughs> No, I'm like, uh, we, we, like I'm not saying all drawings are cartoons. Like that wasn't a cartoon. I guess so. I don't know. Are are all drawings a cartoon? I mean, I'm saying cartoon. I'm saying this looks you like, know. like a shitty like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network TV show it's drawing. Called minimalist. Yeah, cartoon. <laughs> Whereas the other's just a drawing. But anyway, um, I'm not sure why he went with this. I don't know if it's like child just made it. Or something, or what? With like, it looks like it's made in Microsoft Paint. There's no way a child made it. Like, there was a, there had to be a legit professional artist who did just that. You know, maybe. Yep. I don't know. It's how it COVID works times, man. I mean, COVID I mean, times, look at Certified Lover Boy. That True. was like an actual artist True. did that. True. <laughs> yeah. True. I take it all back. Yep. Um. Anyway, so this is a uh, pretty much classic uh, Meek Mill. I mean, I don't think. Anything has been more Meek Mill than this project. Um, overall, just like some big picture notes, I thought it was a little long, but like if you like mixtape Meek Mill and Philadelphia music banger Meek Mill, like pregame to a 76ers game Meek Mill. <laughs> uh, oh, that Meek Mill. That Meek yeah, you, you, you'll, like, you'll like this album. Otherwise, uh, it's fine, and... Other otherwise, if you don't like me Mel at all, you should just steer clear hard because basically the best song on this has nothing to do with Meek Mill in my opinion. So Oh really? Which one was that? I think Tweakin. Really? I think the Vori feature I really, really liked, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't care for that at all. That was uh Tweakin was like the one song that really just I was happy skipping over after the second or third, like, you know, go through. Um yeah, no, I yeah, I mean you, you're you you've nailed it on the head already. Uh, it's very Meek Mill. Uh, I w- I will say it goes hard as shit. I mean he yeah, he has great. the bars. He he the does, turn up music he's perfected. He does the thing and he does it well. But I still just don't dig it. You know, I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm not the biggest Meek Mill fan. So when you have a whole album that seems like, you know, Meek Mill concentrate, uh, it, it's just it, it comes off as kind of rudimentary or kind of a kind of a retread of just missing a crucial like drake or kanye or big sean feature it just has like like the asap ferg song actually is pretty decent uh trying to think if there was another big the kalani one as well i liked but like little baby and little dirk aren't two chains aren't drake aren't kanye as far as like bringing a crazy like, if you're going to have a hype-ass song, also get, like, a hype-ass feature where the bars are going to be also delivered. And it's going to, you know, fit the Call of Duty, you know, tween playlist montage, you know, YouTube video thing. I know exactly you what you're talking about. <laughs> if you don't do that, I don't know what to tell you, you know? I, I, I guess he hit that mark, I guess, you know, if that's what you're uh, trying to get out of a Meat Mill album. Uh, he, he definitely hits that, but I feel like there's a real stagnation after the first, like, half. I mean, maybe not exactly half, 
but after about the first half, it's just kind of flatlines and gets very boring for me. Uh, because I think the the first half starts out pretty strong. Uh, I really like the intro song. I think that was just just you know pop it off real quick with this. I mean, I I don't know how else to describe it other than a banger or just a heart in the paint kind of bar song, and it does it well. But then it it almost sets the T too high because or raises the bar too high because the rest of the album is kind of lackluster in comparison. Uh, this album it doesn't really have a good flow. There's no there's not a flow at all. There's yeah. no consistency other than he's like, oh, this song's hot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there's no flow. May, maybe literally the first song and the last song. Like that's the only time you can really tell where you are in the album, uh, whether that's the engineering or what. I'm not sure, but it it tries to be diverse. I mean, it really. I think he was really trying to, but it, it just doesn't come off that way at all. Uh, you know, uh, like with the uh, the Brent Brent Fayez 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 Fayez. Um, the singer near i think the last song and the, the second, sec- last, second song. last song yeah yeah uh with that song it's it sounded like he was trying to go out of his comfort zone but it i don't know it, it must be really tough for him to break his vernacular or even his his delivery uh he, i guess he's just so dug into the meat mill zone that it's hard for him to get out and it comes up. My, I wanted him to just full Meek Mill it. Like, he went Meek Mill, but this isn't Dreams and Nightmares. This isn't, like, Burn and Amen level 2012 Meek Mill. True. So I'm just like, I don't know. It's a little bit... I mean, it's not upsetting. I didn't really have expectations for this, but... I was... Yeah, you know what I, I mean? It, I, it, yeah. it did under-deliver for the thing it seemed like he tried to do. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, while it was inoffensive, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. It was, there was literally nothing to write home about. Uh, I liked the intro and Expensive Pain. That's the only two songs on my positives. Is uh, he a Rock Nation or was he like MMG, like Rick mm, Ross? I can't remember. He, I know he wasn't independent. I know that for a fact, but I couldn't tell you which one he's a part of, actually. Which because label. I don't know why neither group is like with him. Am I crazy? Like, like any where's, yeah, like where's like the old head fucking features? Maybe is he independent now? Maybe he became independent, and so now he doesn't really oh, have the maybe the pool How do I, that he did the contractual. Where do I even find that? Uh click the album and scroll down and see who distributed it. Maybe that'll that'll tell you who distributed it, whether it's his label or not. So that could give you some hints like actually on spotify so it's atlantic records Maybach music group yeah yeah weird so rick ross where's rick Where, <laughs> I, where's my boy yeah i i definitely feel like he he should have had some hard hitters to come in with him or yeah, yeah or some old heads uh because with all this younger crowd and the young uh who who, who was who was it was it little baby little baby yeah, yeah, Lil yeah. Baby and uh, Lil Durk, which we've talked about. Why the fuck is Lil Durk getting these features, man? Like, Who knows? He's popping off again, I guess. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but trying to get these newer heads in, it's just not... It doesn't work. I don't think it works, especially... this is it, It's been like two or three years since Meek, Meek Mill's last project, right? That's what I'm saying. This is like the post... 
post-jail, post-free-meek TV show, like, this should be, like, a big project. And I'm sure it's going to make a plenty of money and do well touring-wise, yeah. but, like, like, where, like, where's Drake? Where's Rick Ross? Where's Jay-Z? Where, like, this has, like, a Boy Wonder, Boy Wonder, excuse me, production um, on a few things, and, like, Aren't they like take Keith? You know what I mean? Like huge producers right now. Mm-hmm. But boy, one does from Toronto. Like you know, like it's where's Drake at? I just don't get it. I, I don't. <laughs> where's Drake? I just don't get it. I mean, are they beefing again? Is it some some like is there something I'm missing? I just didn't get it. It feels like uh, maybe it's like rushed. But actually, we talked about that Flamers flow, something like that. Flamer flows. Yeah. Remember the single that came yep. out like a month yeah, ago? Mm-hmm. And that was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I was like, I kind of was like, this is that making me a little bit. That wasn't album, was it? No. And no, it was like, yeah. I'm kind of anticipating this to be decent. No, like, I literally just and it was like a freestyle, that. right? Yeah. It was like a freestyle, pretty much a whole like one minute, 30 seconds or one minute, 40 seconds, just bars. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember not hating that song at all. So it is weird because. I I honestly didn't make that connection. Like I I didn't realize that that was missing on it until you literally just said it. But uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, um, I don't know what went wrong with this album exactly. I just know it kind of went wrong. Uh, I don't know what score you want to give it. I feel like I don't have any more notes really. Hmm. I I would go as low as like a five. Yeah, I I I had like a five to seven range. Like it's like. I think the seven would be if you like Meek Mill enough. It's a seven, but if you're like me, it's like a five or a six. Uh, five five, I'm fine with five yeah. five five five. Sorry, Meek, you just didn't do it for us this time. Maybe yeah. maybe you next time passed, you could have got a passing grade, but you didn't. Like even if you just had the one song, I would put on repeat. The one song I would add to that like gaming playlist. But this is like they're all fine. Mm-hmm. But these could just be like on the radio. You know what I mean? Like this could just be on like a pandora shuffle and i wouldn't press skip but i wouldn't add this to a playlist not yeah. a single song especially with the beat selections being what they are yeah i i wholeheartedly so, agree that's why i even brought up the producers i mean we're talking about like some goat producers who just went like yo can you make a meek mill beat and they're like yeah you know <laughs> it was like some of the first shit on like one of my first beat tapes you know and that's all they did they just brought out the generic shit. they didn't even like try to spice it up not one so. bit. No, no interesting instrumentals. Nothing like that. But uh, yeah, five five out of ten from the worst critics. Uh, let's move on to this mini Saints of Newark, directed by I don't know the guy who made The Sopranos or something. Ah, uh, who fucking knows? I I'll get an yeah. intern on it. Yeah, let's get the intern on it while I talk about uh, Alan Taylor. Yes, totally, Alan Taylor, Mister Taylor. We know him. I He's think he, from the thing. I think he did the Sopranos, Sopranos, whatever. He's known uh, for Game of Thrones director status. Oh, oh, okay. What season? And Thor: The Dark World. What do you mean? What season? All of them? Like Game of Thrones directing? Yeah, he did all of Game of Thrones. I he guess he did not possible. direct every episode of Game of Thrones. It's not how it works. Uh, let's see. He did. Let me go to his IMDb. I just see Game of Thrones is what he's known for as like oh. the first sentence. He is a director and producer known for Game of Thrones. It's the first sentence. So let me talk. Uh, Game of Thrones TV series. Oh, he only did seven episodes. What kind of weak ass shit is that? I mean, that's. I think that's a good amount. 
compared to probably the other directors. So he did Beyond the Wall from 2017. He did Valar Magulis. He oh. did The Nightlands, The North Remembers, Fire and Blood. Okay, oh, so he did okay. a lot of good episodes. Yeah, a lot of big ones, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Uh, okay, well, that explains how, I guess, he got this job with HBO, Matt, or HBO, probably knowing him, you know, yada, yada. Uh... It doesn't explain why it's a shit movie, though. <laughs> yes, if, I, I just want to say, if you don't like The Sopranos, there's no rhyme or reason you should watch this movie. Uh, it it tries to be topical and relevant to modern day, uh, I don't know, atmospheres or social atmospheres without really doing any of that justice. It feels very tacked on to it all, uh, to the point that I was kind of confused as to why any of it was in the movie. It, it was detracting from the actual, uh, you know, Italian mobster, whatever, uh, ring. And I, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. If you, if you don't like all the, the references, the fan service, the, the, you know, just the callbacks to certain scenes where, uh, you, you saw where, they were all like counting money and stuff at the table and there's like a small TV playing, whatever. That's a literal shot for shot scene from the Sopranos. And there's, you know, a lot of characters, a lot of small characters that are referenced or, or you get to, you get to see how that one guy hurt his back or, and all that. And it really just dumbfounds me because I don't know what this is trying to do. You know, uh, I understand fan service. I totally do. Like the more, why did they spend so much time? Like setting up Tony's character, I don't know. Like intelligence and like, I hated the Tony shit. I hated the Tony stuff. Absolutely hated the Tony stuff. And I know that's James Gandolfini's son, but he did not. Who he cares? did not sell Tony at all for me. Uh, yeah, I didn't think they looked similar. I didn't think they acted similar. And I've only seen The Sopranos like in passing a few times. You know, I, I think I've maybe fully sat down and watched one episode, and it was the finale. So. Wow, okay, what an episode to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, Tony's Tony scenes made no sense to me. They were trying to, you know, you know, set the bar or set it up for the show to start even though the show's presumably 20 or 30 years after the end of this movie. Uh I didn't I didn't yeah, like I was saying the fan service thing. I understand when we saw Mortal Kombat or watched Mortal Kombat, you know, it's it's trying to establish a universe within the movie. So you have to have a lot of fan service. But this universe has already been well established by, you know, multiple years of a TV show. And so for it to lean into all this fan service to try and establish, oh, you forgot it was The Sopranos, didn't you? Uh, it comes off as annoying for the most part. It explains some backstories that you didn't really care about and don't seem that uh, pivotal to the actual story itself. Um, I think... There was some wasted acting. There were some actors and actresses that are in here, and I'm wondering why they wasted? were wasted. Yeah, wasted. I thought I thought there wasn't an ounce of good acting in this show. I thought there was a no. I think there was a plenty of acting that was sufficient, plenty of acting that was captivating enough for me to get immersed in the story, and then you'd get that fucking goomba hat motherfucker on the screen and you know with the toupee and i'm oh, just yeah. like that hurts it hurts to watch someone act like that or like put on one of these fucking accents yo and you're like dude it like 
you sound like my Kentucky ass doing a version of my dad. You know, like, it's just bad. I mean, I would hope they were accurate or had some dialect coaches helping them out. So I can only presume there was some accuracy to the... I'm not saying that there's not accuracy in it. I'm saying it was like... It's not... I didn't think it sounded over-exaggerated. It sounded as though an actor was doing it. It didn't sound natural. It sounded broken up in a weird way where sometimes the words would be in the per like correct accent and then sometimes it'd be a little bit off okay so okay, like it was almost like he was like sw- like switching dialects in the same sentence not that he was not doing a dialect properly he would do like two and you're like well gotcha. if you're from north jersey that's different than brooklyn you know what i mean right, right so it's like right. i went to the store and bought it and then the next time he's like hey joey and like those are two different voices as crazy as that sounds yeah, exa- so, yeah, I was just like, I don't know, man. It was, like, all over the place. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, well, I was going to say there's some wasted acting, like John Bernthal being in this movie plays no part in this movie, even though John Bernthal's an amazing actor. Uh, Vera Farmiga being Tony's mom and John Bernthal's wife, completely wasted because she's an amazing actress, and then she is just confined to this mom role that's very... I don't know, stereotypical right. mom role. There's nothing well, to like, it. Well, stereotypical, like, Italian mobster's wife. Like, overly, uh, like, one overly motherly in, like, the 1960, or 19, like, is it 60s or 40s? Like, cult of domesticity, like, oh, you're a good housewife, and you've got the apron on all the time, even when you're entertaining guests, and, oh, why don't you love my cooking? <laughs> yeah. just fucking, yeah, I don't know. I was like, this movie's, like, full of these weird tropes that like yes the sopranos helped ingrain but like let's not act like one italian mobsters in the united states haven't been this fucking gimmick for literal eons and that the godfather didn't do everything the sopranos did first yeah so yeah. i just go like don't they even reference like dirty harry in this movie yes they do yes, so they i'm do. like i'm like what a couple, like it's just i don't know why i watched like i watched this and i went like Huh, I never want to watch The Sopranos. Cool. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, this would <laughs> this would turn me off of it. I just, I want to say that, going back to the Dirty Harry reference, this is a, a rule, people, production companies out there, directors out there, screenwriters out there, don't reference something that's better than your movie. Please, just save yourself the trouble. It, it, it helps everybody involved if you don't uh, reference a really cool old drama and then make a really not cool old drama um you know in the same time period i just had a comment i wanted to make too unrelated necessarily but kind of tying it back into the sopranos i think one of the first things that hbo had right with the sopranos and that they kind of perfected and got known for were these like Basically, they turned the mobster, and I, I don't maybe that they didn't do this, but they perfected the mobster anti-hero like badassery yeah. of like the oh, our fucking like our own goon, some low-level bitch like needs to be disciplined. You know what I mean? Like we gotta fuck it. He's Tommy Nine Toes because we took one of them as you know a payment. You know, and so like when they're roughing people up at first i was kind of like this is like pretty tame and then you know you do like the drill bit in the mouth you got the fucking shotgun to the dome and i was like okay this is like part of the course for like the 
gruesome caliber I was expecting, but it took a while to like lean into the hey murder is cool thing that the Sopranos is kind of like known for. Whereas like you know what I mean like now that you think of the shows that we get to watch, like Game of Thrones, even like this was tame and kind of half-assed in my opinion. They're like Westworld or um, True Detective to an extent. You yeah. know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Uh, I think its tone was all over the place, and I think that's to do with some of the pacing too. Uh, the the time lapses were really why did, uh, why really did we weird. jump four years? Why did we jump four years? It, it, and it's weird how they jumped months in between scenes without real reasons. Calling Torah, right? Like like the character would be like, "Oh, it's been two months already," and it didn't seem like he needed to say anything, but. So the argument in the car as well, then the, fucking the husband shoots the everybody the would like, have been deaf. One, well, I was like, but that's like a cool, like I felt like that's like a cool mobster loses a shit scene. Yes. Why is the immediate cut to scene her fucking his like old friend? I uh, didn't get the juxtaposition of those scenes because that wasn't even like they didn't like just have the argument. And it looks like that's, like, the first time they're making love, right? Because she's like, oh, I thought, you know, having sex with a black person would be different. Her English is still all broken and shit. Yeah. And then she confesses it to him, and she, like, can't recall how many times they fucked. Well, I think like, when they're looking at each other, it's implied that they're fucking. Before he even left to go uh, run away from the law, I think they were sleeping together. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I. I it, hey, I'm not going to defend this. It all ties to this. It all ties to that whole like the pacing of it all and the the timeline because I'm like, you all didn't really set this relationship up very well because it seems kind of like a one and done. Oh, this isn't that different. I was kind of lonely or mad at my husband. I want to get back at him, and you know, everyone's racist, I guess. So <laughs> I'm going to sleep with a black guy because that'll show him, you know? And then it's like, oh, I, I just had a, this kind of like long and meaningful relationship with this guy that I was just casually having sex with. You know, I was like, that didn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I I honestly, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I think, it, I, I will say this felt like it was a TV movie. And it's it's really weird because, I mean, we've watched some bad movies this year. But none of them have really felt like made-for-TV movie as much as this does. I this, agree. This just, it didn't have any, there was no panache. There's no flavor. No, like, none of the shots made you think about the 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 allegories or the metaphors or any of that. This There's felt no like just an episode of TV. Yeah. It just, like, not even a made-for-TV movie. This felt like season finale or season opener or, like, pilot episode. Which makes sense because obviously the ties to the Sopranos, but I'm like, you know, this could have just been a, a Sopranos special on TV. A hundred percent. And I've been like, oh, yeah. If this was just an HBO original movie and they just put it on HBO Max or whatever, yeah, I'd totally understand that. But this was supposed to come out in theaters and all that. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what else to say other than uh, it's really weird how the movie had two hours and a ton of scenes but still felt too condensed for its own good like it, it didn't it didn't feel like it branched out and did anything it felt like it was very confined to the whole let's do a prequel and in doing so really kind of ruined the movie in itself it just did nothing for me even as someone who mildly appreciates the sopranos uh, i 
got absolutely nothing from this movie other than, oh, okay, that's kind of neat to see how that happened, and that's it. There's nothing. Someone tell me how Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta. is not 92 years old. He looks really bad. Uh, he's always he looked bad, to be fair. looks awful. I mean, even in Goodfellas, the man looked like he was 40 or 50, so... And he was only like 30 at the time. So, I mean, I don't. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I uh, it's kind of weird. And you know what? You know what? I'll talk about the one positive thing about this movie. I kind of enjoyed I... the twin brother aspect thing. Really? I thought it was dumb. I thought it was just a way to keep his billing high. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I just thought it was a neat way to have a an in-universe conscious, you know, like angel on the shoulder, devil on the shoulder kind of thing. And I just thought that was a, a neat way to present some facts and present some backstory to the actual movie scenes. Uh, I think yeah. if you want to watch a crime movie with Ray Liotta, go watch Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. I mean, that, yeah, that's a good one. That's because that's short. It's simple. Cuts to the, you know, cuts to the point. But yeah, 100 percent. I'd rather watch um, that. Me too. Um but I was going to ask, how much money did this movie make? And the interns say $7.3 million. I We've found this continuing pattern that HBO, or sorry, Warner Media made the right decisions with these movies. It was, it was smart just to put these on HBO Max because I think some of these would have bombed very hard and lost a lot of money. Uh, this way they can sort of write it off. Um, I will say shout out to the fifty million dollar budget. Oh, that hurts. That hurts a little it's, bit. It made seven. <laughs> I just don't even know what fifty million goes to in a movie like this. Other than Ray Liotta playing two characters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. coming off of Hamilton. Yeah, none. Yeah, you know, now that you like trashed on the acting, I really can't think of any good or great acting in this movie. Um, Why is Joey Diaz? That was probably just a, hey, he likes the Sopranos. Looks like a Soprano. There you go. (laughs) Like, I think that's as simple as it gets, honestly, for this movie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, shout out to the Steve Miller band. Uh, Living in the USA, dude. Did you recognize? (laughs) Yeah, so good. Yeah. um, I don't know, man. I, I, I really think that's all I have to say about it. Uh, it failed the Bechdel test. That's for sure. Oh, that's hard. for sure. <laughs> Very hard. Hard. <laughs> Incredibly hard. Um, yeah. I, what, what score you want to give it? Oh, I wait, don't wait. even know. Before I give it a bad score, the whole, hey, let's have a ghost narrate the beginning and set the story up for us was super stupid. I'm going to just let you guys, I'm going to let Warner Media know. So forget the ghost laying the story and telling it from the pers- like a dead guy's there was, perspective. There was way too much like Halloween shit for me. Like, what was like? Uh, the baby can see the other oh, life. Yeah, see, I hated the Tony stuff. That's encapsulated my hate of the yeah. Tony stuff. But like, okay, first literal first words said in the movie are from a dead character not even related to the movie like there's just all kinds of weird like ethereal heavenly shit that is the sopranos universe so devout and christian and ethereally in touch that 
dead characters frequently narrate? And no, I think Tony had a few hallucinations, but no, there's no real undertones of mythology or anything catholic mythology or, or, or like, anything like that yeah yeah no heaven and hell and afterlife and <laughs> not that i remember no unless unless the unless the last episode was actually in hell or something like no i don't i don't think so uh it wasn't lost by any means but yeah i don't know man i i hated the whole um uh, dead guy narrating the story because why like characters dead so okay <laughs> that just and he's not even alive during the period of this movie, you know. It's not even. It's not even like oh, he dies in this movie. It's it's no you. You should have seen his death in another TV show, and that's really really stupid. Um, I don't know. I I, I want to give this like a four. Because I think mm. I guess there's a movie in here, but it's not great. It's not good. Yeah, and I don't even want to take the time to find it really. So yeah, I think four is fine for me as well. Man, we are on a roll for bad picks, aren't well, we? Well, do you remember when we had a streak of excellent? Well, now we have to even it out, our average. I guess so. So we'll see if next week breaks that streak when we review the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, and James Blake's new album, Friends That Break Your Heart. Uh, that... Spoiler alert, I've already made up my mind. The album will be fine, and the movie's going to be trash. We will, we will see if these predictions are right on episode 50 of The Worst Critics next week. Uh, that has been episode 49. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And we're out of here.